Hey there, MuggleCast listeners. I am back to inform you of some excellent news. GoDaddy.com is having better deals than ever. For only $3.59 a month for 12 months, you can get GoDaddy.com's Economy Package. With 250 gigs of bandwidth, 5 gigs of storage, and up to 500 email accounts, you can get your own website up and running with success. And as usual, enter code MUGGLE, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, when you check out. Save an additional 10% on any order. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. Because hell has officially frozen over, yes, Eric Skull is hosting. This is MuggleCast, episode 95, for June 17th, 2007. So guys, the City of Angels, the Big Easy, and the Big Apple. Huh? What are you talking about, Eric? <laughs> the City of Angels, of course, and, uh, and yeah. also the, the Big Easy and and the Big Apple. Okay, so City of Angels, Los Angeles. What what's uh-huh. the Big Easy? New Orleans. Right. New okay. Orleans. And the Big Apple. New York. Great cities, well, actually, but <laughs> or it could just be a really big apple. <laughs> That's what. Are you going on <laughs> you, vacation, you guys, Eric? Uh, well, I am actually. I'm coming home next week, but um. That's not actually what I'm talking about, guys. The, the the city of angels, the big easy, the big apple. These guys, you know, these seemingly inconsistent cities actually have something very special. They are linked, and now they relate to Harry Potter. Really? Can you guys? Is Harry going on vacation? needs it. I mean, after book seven. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Um, You know what? How about we find out after Micah's news segment? Okay. Okay. So, that said, I am Eric Skull. I'm Laura Thompson. And I'm Micah Tannenbaum. Thursday, J.K. Rowling announced plans to embark on an open book tour of the United States. From her news section, she said, In October, I will be touring the USA for the first time since 2000. The tour will include four events, three to be held for school children in Los Angeles, New Orleans, and New York City, and one event in New York City for any U.S. Harry Potter fan who wins a ticket through sweepstakes to be held by Scholastic, my U.S. publisher. At each event, I will read from the Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, the seventh and final book in the Harry Potter series, answer questions about the entire series, and sign copies of the latest book. You can visit Scholastic's Potter section beginning July 30th for information on how to enter the sweepstakes and complete rules. And J.K. Rowling has been busy on her website. She updated it earlier this week with a third part of The Wombats, 
According to the site, the Grade 3 Wombat is the final examination and the most difficult. Not only is the subject matter much more advanced, but the examination is also more stringently marked. Certain answers will lose you marks, so choose carefully. Hopefully, you guys all did better than I did. And it was announced on Wednesday morning on NBC's Today Show that Joe will give a rare television interview about the outcome of Deathly Hollows as well as her plans for the future shortly after the book's release. This is scheduled to air in the U.S. on July 26th, July 27th, and on Dateline July 29th. UK fans will not miss out as Joe will also make an appearance on BBC One's Jonathan Roth on July 6th. Another appearance has been scheduled this time for BBC children's show Blue Peter on July 20th, just a day before the release of Deathly Hollows. The show will be recorded, however, on July 5th. Wrapping up news on J.K. Rowling and Forbes' annual Celebrity Top 100, the Harry Potter author is ranked as being the 48th most powerful celebrity in the world. A person's rank is decided by web hits, press clippings, television coverage, and pay related to that person. Finally, Warner Brothers has announced that the Order of the Phoenix soundtrack will be released on July 10th, the day before the release of the movie itself in the U.S. and Canada. You can visit Soundtrack.net to get a sneak peek. That's all the news for this June 17th, 2007 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. Okay, thanks, Micah. Oh, you're welcome, Eric. Uh, and this is, guys, this is episode 95 of MuggleCast. Can you believe that? 95 episodes? You know, I can't believe it. We've pretty much, I mean, this this is way beyond the average human lifespan, isn't it? I would say. Uh, yeah, especially considering all the stress this show puts on us. We're gray <laughs> In our daily you lives. have no idea. No, 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 no. But, um, no, so 95 episodes. We got five more to the big 100. The amazing 100. And this is actually my first time hosting. Yeah, congrats. Scary. <laughs> Here well, I am well, trying actually, to be nice, and Micah goes, scary. So scary. Well, no. <laughs> but anyway, guys, so uh, so it's 95, um, my first chance hosting, so I'm, I'm actually uh, taking the best of it. But it's, it's actually just us three this week, isn't it? Yeah, only three of us. Where is everybody? What are these people well, doing? Well, Andrew, I think, has a good excuse. He graduated on uh, yesterday, and uh, he's just enjoying himself, which I think he's entitled to. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes. Well, also, congratulations are in yeah, order. Yeah, congratulations, Andrew. He survived high school. Tough feet. Yeah. Tough feet. I, <laughs> I totally totally didn't think he'd make it. I don't, I don't know. What about you guys? Because, you know. Why didn't you think he'd make it? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just saying it. I thought he would make it. I thought he would make it. I'm actually very happy for him. Um, and, and actually, have you seen his, uh, his graduation photo that he has with his little brother? And mm-hmm. and his certificate on Facebook. It's really cute. Yeah. And um, I believe Jamie is off with Andrew there at some graduation party. Um, ben, of course, is... He's on tour. On the book tour. Yeah, he's touring like a rock star. Yeah, right. Mm. And um, what about Kevin? Kevin is... Um, he's going somewhere special next month. Um, he didn't... He he wanted to keep everybody in suspense about that, I think. But he's actually going trip shopping tonight, I believe. So he couldn't join us either. So it's just down to us three again. I mean, three hosts again. Three hosts again. Well, two of you were those two of those three hosts, wasn't it? It was you and Micah mm-hmm. and Andrew. Yep. What and you guys called yourself the real trio. Yeah, so this is the fake trio, everybody. You're the fake trio, or, or are we like? Are we like? Can we be like cooler, like this stupendous threesome or something? 
That sounds really bad. So, so opening into the, the news discussion, threesome. guys. The, the f- ooh, I like that. I like that, Micah. You heard it here. The th- the fearsome threesome. That's what we'll call ourselves. Um, okay, so guys, uh, that's that's our that's our news. Thank you, Micah. And uh, now I just like to to discuss this. So the big easy, as I was saying, the big easy, the big apple, and of course the city of angels. Um, do you guys have any other ideas now that uh, Micah's news has concluded? What that actually might mean, or am I just well? I hear I hear that it means a certain author is going to be doing uh, her first U.S. book tour since two thousand. So that's pretty exciting, don't you think? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. But it's so, the first time since last summer, right, that she has been in the U.S. Right, but it's her first actual book tour since Goblet of Fire came out, so it's been a while. I mean, it's and it's going to be really cool. Um, from what I'm seeing here, it looks like that... Um, Three of the events are going to be held for school children, and right. one is going to be for actual ticket winners. So, are we gonna are we gonna try to get some tickets, enter to get some tickets to this thing? I think See, I, I am. never know because of what we do. Would we be considered to actually enter into these ticket drawings? Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Because I kind of yeah. felt the same way about the uh, the signing in London that she's doing at the at the History Museum. Are we allowed to enter those drawings, really, because we work for a fan site, and it would seem kind of weird for us to actually win a ticket yeah. to those events, as opposed to going as a media person to cover it? Yeah, or a special guest or something. I understand what you mean. I mean, we are fans, though. We are also teenage fans, So, but it, but it would seem really interesting and really like they might... I don't say they deny us, but it would look suspicious, I think. Right. Well, like, I mean, like regardless saying. of whether or not any of us does go, um, I think it's safe to say that MuggleCast will be doing something in New York City when she's up there. So I'm really, really excited to hear she's coming back. Yeah, and not to mention, she's not doing small venues. I mean, you look at the places that she's going to be in each of these mm-hmm. three cities, the Kodak Theater uh, in Los Angeles, I mean, and Carnegie Hall in in New York. And I've, I don't really know much about the Ernest and Morial Auditorium, um, but it's at some convention center in New Orleans. So she's definitely going to be filling these places up. I know mostly with kids, but uh, it's going to be interesting. And I don't know. Can you guys see any th- sort of problems resulting from how they go about choosing the high schools? Um Ooh, that that is a little bit problematic. Because what are they doing? They're actually or, going. I don't know. I'm not even know high school. Doing are they high schools? Yeah, I or probably they, shouldn't say that. It's probably. Are they going to be elementary schools? Could be a mix of all three. You know. Yeah, it could be. Could be a mix of education. What they might do is hold lotteries at schools. Like they might have specific schools within the area that they've said you can send this many students, and they'll have a student lottery within the school to decide who gets to go. So that way you're actually getting fans who want to be there as opposed to people who just don't care. Well, didn't I read something about a sorting hat? They're using the sorting hat for something to decide on how the schools are chosen and who in the school is going to be able to go, like which classes. Huh. Let me see if I can find that. Hmm. Oh, you know where I think I saw that? It was in my, uh, my local paper here on Long Island, I think, mentioned that aspect of how the schools were going to be chosen and how the uh, classes within those schools were going to be chosen. But I don't remember seeing anything on her site, though. 
that said specifically. Well, I'm sure we'll find out as the time draws closer. I mean, there'll be more details that'll come out. But I think this is cool because not only this, but if you just look at the amount she's updated her site in the last week, she's becoming a little bit more open, I think, towards the whole idea of the series being over and talking with different people about it. Yeah. All the interviews she's going to be doing, it's fantastic. Totally. Totally, totally, totally. So she says she'll be, um, and also guys, she'll be reading from Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Mm-hmm. She'll, she'll be yeah. reading from the seventh Harry Potter book, and this was an interesting topic I wanted to bring up because, um, you know, last last year, uh, well, at Harry Carrie and Garp in uh, Radio City, she read from Half Blood Prince. She read, um, more specifically, she read, uh, oh, what was it? What was the name of the chapter? I'm sorry, where um, Harry and Dumbledore go back in time and she see... she read from the chapter where um, we yes. saw Tom Riddle at the orphanage. Tom Riddle and actual. at the orphanage, yes. Yeah. Um, and it was a very Dumbledore-heavy scene, actually. Uh, she likes reading Dumbledore. But, uh, so just the idea now, guys, this is, uh, people may say, what can you get out of this? But if she's reading from the Deathly Hallows, um, I think it's safe to say there's probably still uh, a large enough element of, of humor in the book that she can actually pick a few scenes and... Uh, pieces from the book that would actually not just not just be safe to read but actually you know enjoyable in a way like she I, I don't think she'd read necessarily like the worst parts of the book where people are dying left and right and you know somebody says their last breathing words to Harry as they go off and fight so what do you guys I don't know. think about I think that? she might because you that's the might? yeah I think she might because that's I mean those are the kind of scenes that everybody is looking forward to the most everybody wants to find out who dies Oh, you know, and everything. I disagree, so, I mean, actually. What, you don't want to find out who dies, Eric? <laughs> well, I want to find out who dies, but I don't want it to be a recur- a central theme around the book. I was just thinking, I was thinking when I read this email, I said, oh, great, so there's there's going to be a part of Deathly Hallows that she gets to actually, you, you know, that she reads that isn't actually going to be the most depressing, you know, thing in the world, everybody dying around Eric. Because the trend, I guess, is that you guys all think everyone around Harry, including Ron and Hermione, is going to die because they're at the, the forefront of all the events. So. Well, no, I don't think Ron and Hermione are going to die, but um, I don't know. I think that, I mean, the scene that she read at Radio City Music Hall wasn't particularly what you would call happy or funny. It was actually kind of sad because you saw what Tom Riddle's life was like, and it was very sad. And so I think that, if anything, we're going to see something or see her reading something that's intriguing as opposed to just humorous. I mean, I don't know if she's going to read a whole chapter, an excerpt from a chapter, or if she's going to read little bits from different ones. I don't know how she's going to do it. But it would make more sense to me if she read a large chunk of one chapter right. just because... Or even the last be chapter. Continuity. I could see her reading the last chapter as sort of her way of finalizing everything, and or maybe even the epilogue. I think that mm-hmm. that would be appropriate mm-hmm. because, in a way, she's closing out the series on this tour. Yeah, yeah. So, will she be doing it? Do you reckon that this will be her last book tour ever? Then? Or no, no. She, I'm just saying you know, that if she's saying that she's going to be reading from the seventh book, I think it would make sense for her to read from the last chapter, sort of, for everybody to get an idea of how she would verbally close out the book if she was reading it to an audience, which oh, she obviously will be. That Good totally point. makes me more jealous. Then that makes me more jealous that they get closure in, in vocal <laughs> format. 
<laughs> from, from JKR. You know, that's, that's very sad. So um, we do have to move on here, but just, um, you know, real quick, I think, uh, three events. Um, so do you think she'll do uh, different readings for different three events, I think? Because she can no. read the last chapter, but will she do it for three people? Well, I don't think she's going to choose different no, readings to do. Look I think at it'll Radio all be City. the same. Nah. Yeah. She, she no, oh, chose yeah, the same chapter both nights. Yeah, you're right. Well, that's the easy and the very economical thing to do. So it'll be interesting to speculate what she reads at the news event. Um, Michael, what else have we got in news discussion here? Well, uh, oh, I yes. Just, what? Oh, yes, what? The wombats are back. They are. Did you guys take your wombats? I did. How'd you do? I don't know. I I haven't gotten any back oh, yet. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> Um, I can tell you how I think I did. <laughs> okay. Um, not very well. Troll. <laughs> not very well. I um, yeah. I went to the site as soon as I as soon as I heard through MuggleNet that uh, the door was open because I don't know if you guys know this, but my it, it seems like my computer picks the worst times to like be a little bit shaky, and so I've never actually seen the door open before. Really. Wow. Never, never, ever. I mean, I, I mean, I saw a, a screen cap that someone did, and and obviously when that when that one guy uh, hacked JKR's site, and they they want me to stop mentioning that, um, but uh, no. So I've never actually seen the door without the "Do Not Disturb" sign on it. Um, so my impression of JKR's site is that she's just got a few raunchy tenants hanging around all the time because that "Do Not Disturb" sign is always there. But uh, so I went there and I I saw the procedures that we're doing. Um, that you know, which we'll talk about how to get into the door. And I tried to take my wombats, but actually I discovered that it's now level three, the hardest level of wombats. And I actually, me not having taken the first two, decided that actually it would be out of my league, and I didn't want to embarrass myself. Um, so I didn't actually take the wombats. Oh, okay. Did, so you didn't actually take any of them at all. No, I haven't. No. I haven't. I, w- I would have liked to, but then I, I came on JKR's site, and I saw that it was, you know, level three, the hardest, most difficult, not just a Harry Potter quiz, but you will need to have your wit about you. You know, and I was thinking, okay, I don't have my wit about me. I don't even have a firewall that works. And I actually broke my firewall, trying to uh, allow Joe's site to pop up, so I don't really know that I'm in, in a good situation. But what about you, Laura? Did you take him? I did take it, and it was it was somewhat difficult. And I mean, she did remark that there were actually questions this time that uh, you could lose points if you got them wrong. So, yeah, um, I'm certain done. answers that you lost more points on. Hmm. Hey, Micah. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. You could actually lose points this time around for for. That's actually what discouraged me. So, Micah, what were the questions like? I mean, can you can you release any of that information? Do you think? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I particularly thought the section on the ministers was pretty difficult. What did you guys think that about that? That was hard, because <laughs> I only knew one of them. Yeah, same here. So. <laughs> Although somebody was telling me that based on the timing, you could figure out some of the others. Yeah, there were some of them that you could kind of um, glean some sort of idea, uh, you know, how they matched up. Just because they had one that was um, something about activist rights or something and that might have gone along with the minister who was in office in the 60s or 70s so that, yeah, that's kind of how I thought overall, of it I thought it was really difficult um, it was hard <laughs> because she always throws in those questions too that say in your opinion and you always wonder well if it's my opinion then why isn't it the right answer <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
you know that, that, that's that's entirely true. So that's a little that's a little strange. Um, but uh, do you how long did it take to get the wombat uh, results back the first times? Uh, week maybe. Yeah. yeah. Once she closed the door. Yeah. Yeah. She's running out of time, oh, yeah. too. I mean, what do you guys think, though? Do you think we're going to get something as a result of our results on the test? You think she's going to put something up? Well, you're Maybe. getting the results. Um, yeah. What I do you mean? mean people I'm sure that she's going to do something. No, she yeah. wouldn't do that. I think that if you took it, you get some sort of prize. But um, what kind of intrigued me most about the Wombats was that you had to put the symbol together that appears on the spine of the mm. book to access it. Yeah, so, guys. <laughs> you guys and 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 Mugglecast listeners, you know what we're talking about now, don't you? By now, the the symbol, the, the symbol, the, sim- the symbol. I I believe we've had what four episodes now, just so titled the symbol, uh, <laughs> just titled the symbol, and and it's the one we always talk about. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's on the spine of the UK edition. Yeah, it's like the little triangle, triangle, little circle, line through it, line. little circle. Thank you, Laura. And uh, so 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 yeah, guys, what do you think about that? You actually, what do you have to do, Laura, to get the uh, you have to put it together. You had to, I believe you had to take the um, the triangle and sit it on top of the circle and then sit the line on top of the triangle, at least if I'm remembering correctly. But clearly this shows that the symbol does hold great importance. I mean, we knew that it was important before, but the fact that she chose to put it before the wombats shows that it's really something she wants us to pay attention to. <laughs> I was... I was hoping, here I was, here I was hoping that it was just speculation that it wasn't actually important, and yet we get this little musical triangle thing. I mean, when I first, I did open the door just to see, you know, what it was like behind the door, and I remember back in music class in elementary school, little triangles that we used to, you know, uh, bang stuff with, and it was, you know, I wish you could play a little triangle, do a little chime thing, but no, it's actually that symbol which is haunting us. It is, yeah. and it's not only there, it was on, and still is on Bloomsbury's website, so yep. it's clearly <laughs> important. And I'm still hanging on to my whole uh, antipode theory. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic because just last week we did a whole discussion on the symbol and the antipodes. And I was uh, I was absolutely floored to see this. So that was, that was really, good. really great. And that looks like it uh, causes us to continue. Um, we did have for news discussion just that JKR is doing some interviews around uh, the release date. But some of them will be recorded uh, beforehand. Um, so actually, just quickly... Um, there will be a Today Show uh, announcement, which will uh, actually it's, it'll be an interview, and it'll air uh, in the U.S. on July 26th, 27th, and on Dateline, uh, July 29th, will be JKR interviews. Um, so actually, now let us uh, let us continue uh, past news discussion to uh, current announcements for this week. Um, first of all, guys, the little bit of a membership thing that uh, MuggleCast had going for now. Picklepack is actually now closed. Registration is closed for at least a year. It'll be another year. Uh, registrations are going in the Disney vault here, folks, and actually I wish we kind of had another week because I had a few things planned for, for advertising, but actually this is... Uh, you missed your chance. It was actually the 16th. was your last day to sign up for Picklepack and receive... Um, any uh, video blogs uh, once a week, as well as other things. So, sorry guys, we're going to try and accommodate whoever didn't sign up um, in other ways, um, but mainly uh, your time is up. Yeah, but I mean, for those of you who were getting sick of us advertising it, it's over now. You never have to hear about it again, so 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's done. <laughs> it's done. I hear we got some hate mail. Laura got some pretty nasty things in the P.O. box, like oh. actual pickles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They <laughs> sent me rotting pickles and, and all sorts of horrible things. No, no, they really didn't. But um, actually, Eric, that was a really, really nice way to transition into a P.O. box update, except we've got one more announcement. Before oh yeah. Okay. Well, so so that's that's just you know, and just you can tell us more about what people sent you. Um, but just it is it is still uh, and folks, it it is still Global Spread MuggleCast Month. Um, so if you hate you know if you like or hate pick up whatever it is, um, it's Global Spread MuggleCast Month. So please uh, spread MuggleCast. There's a variety of advertisement banners and other things that you can put on your sites slash you know Facebook MySpace. Uh, things like that. So that'll be found at MuggleNet.com, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jamie and Jamie and Andrew had this little notation here for older episodes. Um, do you do you actually know the story with that, Laura? Or? Yeah. Um, we get a lot of emails from people saying the older episodes aren't on iTunes. I can't get them. I can't find them. Well, this is not a problem because all you have to do is go to MuggleCast.com. And go to episodes. We have all of the episodes all the way back to the very beginning, the dawn of time, where you can directly download them. So you don't even have to worry about it. We also have them in a format that um, will work for those of you who are on dial-up. So the audio quality is not as good, but you can still get it. So that's the solution to that. We don't have them on iTunes for reasons unknown. I'm not quite sure. Maybe there's a limit to how many episodes you can have on there at a time. But that's why. It's actually a feed issue. It's um, it's very big with the feed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're good with announcements now, Laura. Um, you did mention you have a huge update. It is very big. About huge the PO, PO box, box update. Oh I'm telling God. you guys, the number of times that I've been to the PO box and I've opened it to find a key with a nice little note from my post office telling me that my PO box is not big enough and I should probably get a bigger one because I have to keep going to lockers to get stuff out of it because. You guys are sending so much stuff. Okay, we did get um, quite a few parcels. One came from Leif in Hawaii. He sent me a lei, which he handmade. It's white, and it's really, really pretty. He also sent two mixed-media illustrations of Harry and Floor, which are really, really fantastic. He actually got into art school, and he uh, used these as part of his portfolio, so that was pretty cool. I'm going to put those up on MuggleCast.com this week. Um, we also got the sweetest thing. She's uh, Pamela from California sent Andrew and I both graduation gifts, um, and I'm assuming his is the same thing as mine, but she sent me uh, Dr. Seuss's Oh, the Places You Will Go, and she wrote a really, really nice little personal note on the inside of it about how, you know, Dr. Seuss can put it in the simplest of words, um, and it, it's just really, really nice and really sweet, and I really enjoyed that, so thank you, Pamela. Um, that is amazing. Sarah, I know, isn't it? I thought it was the cutest thing ever. All the places you will go. Yeah. And uh, Sarah from New York sent uh, Mikey a package. I'm not quite sure what it is. It's very soft, though. Like, I sque- it feels like a stuffed animal. Um, and something came from for Ben from Cafe Press. I'm not sure who sent it or what it is, but it, it's something for Ben. So whoever sent that, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know that that Cafe Press is pretty. You can pretty much make you can make anything into a shirt, can't you? You you can like yeah. It's not a shirt. It's it's quite small. But oh. um, we also got some letters. Uh, Maggie from Chicago. Uh, she wins the award for longest fan mail ever. 
11 pages front and back handwritten. Um, she oh also sent all six of you guys. She sent us, or she sent you guys each a dollar, and she sent me a bracelet, which was really really sweet. Uh, we also got a letter from Stephanie in Florida. Zarin uh, sent us a postcard from Colorado. Also letters from Jessica in Kentucky, Marissa in Michigan, Jazreen in California, Sam in California, Matthew from the UK, who also sent us these uh, temporary tattoos that say bollocks to poverty. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Damus from Georgia, Jody from Washington, Holly from Canada, Emily from New York, who sent us a bunch of Horcrux theories. Like she sent us her handwritten notes, which was awesome. Uh, Katie from Tennessee, Aaron from Illinois, Kathy from California, Selena from Illinois, Don from Washington, and Jamie from Florida. So we got a lot of stuff in the P.O. box. Lots of letters. A lot of inspirational stories. We've got a couple of chicken soups we're going to use later in the show. So thanks, everybody, for sending stuff to the P.O. box. Keep on sending it. Uh, You'll hear your name on the show. Oh, my gosh. And thank you, Laura, for that. That was was the biggest P.O. box update. I think it's safe to say that. That was a P.O. box update to P.O. WN them all, really, because that that was uh-huh. really good. Haha. <laughs> so that was really good, Laura. Thank you for that. And um, I know we'll do it at the end of the show, too, but could you just do the uh, the P.O. Box address, actually, now? Sure. That's going to be P.O. Box 3151, coming Georgia, 30028. So, mail stuff. Brilliant. Okay, Please. so... Did you guys uh, uh, talk about Podcast Alley at all? No, but it's when not... you the, were in the announcement. It's not the beginning part. of the month, though. I know it's not the beginning of the month, but we're third right now behind Free Talk Live and Keith and the Girl, and I just wanted to encourage people to go out and vote for us. And okay, so that was that was brilliant there, Micah, and now we have, um, that concludes the first half of the second part, first, second part <laughs> of the first half of the show, and now we move on to listener rebuttals. Um, it's okay with you guys, I'm going to field just the first one here. Um Okay, this one is from Vicky, age 17, from Canada, and her subject is opals. Um, she says, I was listening to the latest episode and was struck that despite your plentiful, uh, plentiful suppositions on the connotations of Antipodean, you didn't pay much attention to the opals reference. I did a little research and thought you'd like to hear what I found. First, the opal is the, uh, the official gemstone of Australia. Second, in England during the Middle Ages, it was called uh, Patronus Furum. Do you think that this dragon could be connected somehow to a Patronus? Um, Okay, and also helping them flee Dementors, perhaps. Patronus Furum actually means patron of thieves. Do you think that if the trio were stealing something from Gringotts, that this could place this scene in the context of being a getaway from that episode. Uh, For what it's worth, Opal in the English Middle Ages was believed to make one invisible, and the shimmery, water-like Opal is a hydrated metalloid, qualities are reminiscent of Opal's. Do you think that the dragon has some powers of invisibility, or maybe a connection to James Potter, who left Harry the Cloak? I'm starting to ramble, so I'll wrap this up. Thanks for reading. Hope this leads to some interesting discussion. Love the show. Victoria. Um, What do you guys think? Wow. I think it's interesting that she brings up the um, the qualities of opals, because if you remember the qualities of the invisibility cloak, Harry said it was like water woven into material and it was shimmery, so it almost is like, it is opal-like, which is interesting when you bring up the connection between invisibility and, the, and opals and the dragon. I think there are a um, lot of different pieces here that she brings up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, the first one, though, the one I like, though, is it being the official gemstone of Australia, but then again, that fits in with the whole name uh, of the dragon itself, um, talking about where it's found and, and things like that. So I'm not too surprised that, that it is the official gemstone. Some of the other stuff, though, I'm not too sure about. Uh, the whole Patronus Furum, to me, seems probably more like a little bit of a coincidence than anything else. What do you guys think? Because Patronus mm. actually means fatherly, doesn't it? Or, or or about the fatherland regarding that? Like, patriotism, patron, Patronus, isn't that the... Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I'm studying English, so I should know. But um, actually, the... Uh, okay, so... Well, what I picked out of it was the opals, actually, guys. This isn't actually... And I, I just discovered this the other day. Uh, this isn't the first time, um, nor will it be the last, <laughs> that we've heard the word opal. It was actually the name of a prominent chapter in Half-Blood Prince called Silver and Opals. Mm-hmm. Do you guys yeah. remember this? It was the... They were Wasn't it the opals that um, hurt Katie, I believe? She had the, the to, opal necklace? To say the least. I wouldn't even call yeah. it hurt. They, they, they would have killed her. They would have... Yeah. And, and she became deranged and Kate went six feet off the ground. And it was really, really, really kind of a scary scene in Half-Blood Prince. And, th- and that was actually from the opal necklace. The necklace of opals, which um, seem like they're, if anything, incredibly powerful. Um, what do you guys think about that that opal necklace? It's actually now we're seeing opals might be something dangerous. Uh, in fact, um, very deadly. I think opals are simply powerful, and I think that you can use them to your advantage um, to be good or to be bad. I don't think that they're inherently good or evil. I think that we're seeing that they could be very powerful, though. Hmm. And... Uh, what I what what led me to find it actually I have to tell you guys this because I thought it was cool. Um, there's actually the you know the opal necklace uh, which is in in the book said to be from Borgen and Burks is actually in Chamber of Secrets I believe. When when I think Harry it was, yeah, yeah when Harry um when Harry goes to and it's very carefully worded I had I had previously misread this I so I wanted to clear it up but but in Chamber of Secrets when Harry's in the Borgen and Burks uh, scene, the, um, J.K.R. writes about a hangman's noose. Um, that that he sees or Draco sees when he's looking at the stuff, and right next to it, she she alludes to an, a necklace. Um, actually, she says there's a necklace of of, of opals. Um, but she says it, it has claimed the lives of you know twelve Muggle owners to date. Um, but actually, I think she was talking about the opal necklace, and I had already thought that she was talking about the hangman's noose this entire time. But if if you read closely, I think it actually is a necklace she's talking about that has claimed so many lives. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right about that. So this this necklace it has been here since book two. It's in book six, and now we have this opal clue. So that that was really startling. Mm-hmm. And do you guys know? Isn't opal a birthstone? Um, I'll look mm. it up right now. We'll find uh, find if it's a month. Um, yeah, it's birth. October. Oh, it is. Okay. Well, not thank if you, that Micah. means anything. But yeah, yeah. Oh wow, October is Halloween. Though that's closer, that's very close to November, but and September, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I mean Halloween, Micah. Halloween. No, no, October I 31st is yeah. much. Okay. Well, September. Uh, it's. What do you guys think about the invisibility part of this, where she talks about how in the Middle Ages it was believed to make you invisible? Could they uh. be escaping from some place? 
if you look in Fantastic Beasts, there's a character called a, a Demiguise, is it, Laura? And mm-hmm. it actually says that that's actually what um, composes uh, part, at least, of an, an invisibility cloak, some of the material. Yeah, it's fur. It's used. It's, it's like a fur. So, so this whole liquid, flowy material, and I'm actually... I'm in a, a kind of silk blanket thing myself right here because it's quite cold out. Um, it's winter time when we're recording this, and uh, I, I'm just thinking that it'd be really interesting if the if the dragon um, had any other kind of part in either invisibility cloaks or being uh, elusive or just the very idea in this um, in Vic- Vicky's um, rebuttal that says maybe they're fleeing the scene. What do you guys think about that? I like it. I think I, I like it too, definitely because. Especially if you look at Ron and Hermione's faces, they look scared. And Hermione's looking up, and I've read a couple emails on this. Why would she be looking up? I mean, how much higher can you get in the sky than riding on top of a dragon? (laughs) She's looking up. A lot of people think that they may be pressed for time on something, especially if, as it said, the description that the guy from Scholastic gave said, oh, it's sunset. So is it possible that that they need to get somewhere? Before the sun sets. Sunsets. And that's why she's looking we, up. Yeah, you know what this makes me think of? You know, we were talking about um, times of day in the last episode. And we were talking about the possibility that maybe there's a specific day when something special is going to happen in the book. And what if that has a relation to them being able to hunt down the Horcruxes or destroy the Horcruxes? Like, what if they have a very limited window of time to do something with one of the Horcruxes. Right. Mm. And maybe that's where they're trying to get to. Very possible. So so would that be like uh, Voldemort only allowing his Horcrux to be found uh, at sunset or something? Something like, uh, something yeah, like that? Yeah, possibly. They Maybe there's some kind of illusionment charm put on one of them. And hmm. Oh, to say the least, it could be, you know, based on the intensity of the other Horcrux uh, booby traps, it might even be worse than illusionment. Um, but I think if if Jamie were here, and we get, we have to move on to other rebuttals, but I know if Jamie were here, he might uh, bring up The Mummy. Um, and did you guys see the movie The Mummy, where uh, the city of the mm-hmm. dead is actually just automatically appears to them as like a mirage type thing um, mm-hmm. when they're standing in the desert? Yep. I thought yep. that was cool. The sun, the yeah, sun comes up and the city of the dead comes there. Okay, um, next rebuttal. Who wants to read it? Uh, the next rebuttal comes from Austin Thomas, 14, of Noblesville, Indiana. He said, Hey, MogulCast, after listening to your latest show, I came up with an interesting idea. My theory places the three Book 7 covers in chronological order. The first is the U.S. edition. Harry and Voldemort are obviously in some kind of intense battle. Afterwards, he, Ron, and Hermione need to escape, so they go through Gringotts. This is the UK Children's Edition. Still in need of a speedy escape, the trio decides to hitch a ride on one of the fabled dragons that guards Gringotts' vaults. This would be the US Deluxe Edition. So they take off on the back of the dragon, headed to somewhere. Hope you like my idea. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Austin. Ooh. So, so wait. Could Gringotts be employing uh, these Antipodean opalis who normally would not um, reside in England, or is it that Gringotts vaults, known for their volcanic, uh, or or at least, you know, magmaic, uh, magmaic um, nature, could they have actually stretched, the Gringotts vaults, could they stretch to the center of the Earth and around, where there's a whole network of dragons that live at the core of the Earth? Um, I would think it would be more likely that they would actually employ 
these dragons because if they are as powerful as we're thinking and they have powers of invisibility, they'd be very beneficial to a place like a bank. Because if you remember, Hagrid was talking about how there were dragons and Harry was sure he saw a burst of flame, but he didn't actually see a dragon. Yeah. Oh. So what if it was invisible? Oh, wow. So that's cool. So... Oh my gosh, wow. So that's, um, actually, if you think about that, if this is true, um, we have J.K.R. in the first book, ten years ago, writing something that is actually humorous writing for, you know, you y- you see that Harry just happens to see a, you know, he s- could swear he sees a burst of fire as he, you know, as he passes. And it's funny that, you know, the possibility that there's dragons. If a dragon was actually staring him in the face and just, you know, blew smoke the other way, but was invisible and was an opal eye, this is just cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, that would be that would be very very cool. But I'm not sure that I that I think that they um, occur in chronological order. At least not in the fashion that Austin is um, describing. Because I just I don't well, they think have to that occur I think in some chronological order. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I'm not talking. I'm not talking about them all being at the end of the story. Is what I'm saying. Right. Like, I think that definitely the U.S. cover is at the end of the story. But as for the UK and the deluxe edition, I think they might fall more in the middle or around the period right before the climax of the story. I don't think that they're all three taking place at the end. See, I tend to think the deluxe edition is the end of the story. I know a lot of people don't think that because, well, isn't that giving away too much information? You're saying basically that the three of them survive. Um but at the same time, I mean, I don't know. There, to me, that drawing that she did has a lot of finality to it. Um, but that's just my own opinion. Mm. Hmm. I think they look too scared for it to be the end, though. Well, well, actually, do you think so, Laura? Because the the scariest thing in the world is fear of the unknown, and they don't know what's next after Voldemort. Can't be worse than Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, unless it's like unemployment. Unless it's well, I don't know. They, they didn't graduate. Voldemort pretty scared on the UK edition too the children's edition well yeah but that's why I don't think it's the end because they don't want to <laughs> land on a sword oh, no. <laughs> yeah no <laughs> no I'm not saying that one is the is the last one in chronological order I think the deluxe edition is chronologically the last one but could hmm. be wrong yeah. probably am that's definitely interesting I mean I, I think that they're um, kind of heading off somewhere you know and it could be towards the sunset, towards the, you know, for either whether or not they're still in search of Horcruxes or heading off into the sunset, um, like Grace Kelly. So, okay. Now, we actually, uh, guys, we don't have a main discussion this week because we uh, wanted to focus on a few things, namely content, and it was um, it's kind of a small show this, this week, kind of uh, peaceful, uh, with just, just the three of us here, but... What we do have for you, especially, is... What is it? Does, isn't it a word that starts with V? We haven't used it in about yeah, seven we or eight episodes. Oh my gosh. I can't even say the word. It's almost archaic, if you think about it. I mean, we just... We haven't had them in front wait, of wait, 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 wait. We're bringing back an old segment, guys. Because <laughs> it's an expired segment. We haven't done it in about ten episodes, fifteen episodes. We're bringing it back. And it is called... Voicemails. Oh my gosh, my heart just leapt now out of my chest. I can't believe we're doing them. For those of you guys who haven't been paying attention since episode three, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty much how long it's been since we've been doing these. But um, <laughs> but, but no, voicemails, that's a bit intense. But uh, voicemails, guys, we're actually going to... Are, are we, Laura? Do you really... Do you have them together? 
I do. I have them right here. You guys ready? Oh my god! So you guys wait. So okay. So and I'm not. I'm not going to keep asking the same question. Um, but we do have a voicemail line, and we'll give you the information for that. But you guys have been sending in our theories, and we just want to let you know that we have been listening to them. Um, I've heard a few, and everyone else has, has heard a few. So we are. We are still paying attention. If you're still calling in, we you know we are hearing your theories and hearing your voicemails and trying to translate that somehow onto the show um, without actually doing. Uh, voicemails, of course. Um, but we've we've had some rebuttals and stuff, so we're gonna try and you know possibly do some more voicemails and stuff. But this is this is groundbreaking because we've actually got some voicemails to play on this week's show. Okay, so let's roll the first one. Hey, Mobile Cast, this is Cole fourteen from New Jersey. Uh, I just wanted to comment on the Harry Potter Deathly Hallows Deluxe Edition cover art, and um, what I w- I definitely think that the dragon is flying over New Zealand or Australia. It just it just can't be England. There, there are no mountains in England. Uh, J.K. Bowling wouldn't do that. But also, it looks as if Harry is wearing muggle clothes. And I was kind of confused about that. What do you guys think? Thanks. Love the show. Bye. Ooh. Um, okay, so actually, let's talk about the second part for a second there. Uh, Her- Hermione and Ron are in wiz- wizard's robes, but Harry's in muggle clothes? Well, that actually um, that kind of fits, I think, with... Uh, the opportunities in the book that um, Harry might actually be separated from Hermione and Ron, but also uh, be you know in a Muggle public area. Actually, I'm right. Well, I I believe that on the um, UK children's edition, Ron and Hermione are also in some sort of robes, and Harry's not. Um, I'm pretty sure Harry is though. Uh, he, cause doesn't he, cause you can see his sleeves or something. He has really big yeah, sleeves. I, I don't know. It seemed like there was something different. Around their robes. If you look in the UK children's edition, it seems like Harry is the one wearing robes, whereas Ron and Hermione aren't. Well, they're wearing something different. Right. Like, we discussed th- it that, It almost too. looks like dress robes. Dress robes, is it for, I think, the wedding, right? Wasn't that Yeah, we thought? we thought of that. Maybe this was after the wedding yeah. or something for Bill and Fleur. Hmm. But, I mean, why, why would he wear muggle clothes? Well, what Eric was saying before, him? perhaps he had to go into a situation in Muggle land where he needed to look like a normal person. He couldn't be in his dress robes. Muggle land? Is that, is that that new theme park they're doing? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the that new, new theme park. Uh-huh. Yeah. And speaking of that, okay, I have I something to say. I heard they were going to use the MuggleNet font logo. Well, we're, talking about, we're talking we're to Andrew. We're voicemail, but go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Hold on a second. This is, like, this is a little tangent. I'm sorry. But I was talking to Andrew about this week, and I mentioned it to Laura, too. Why would you create a theme park, this countless hundreds of millions of dollars spent on theme park, for a character that's going to die? Yeah. No, Micah! It's, it's fair enough. No, no, Micah, Micah asked that question because he doesn't actually think Harry's going to die. But, but no, it's true. And um, what, Oh, kids, come on, we're going to the theme park where the, uh, the character yeah, that you read about for the past <laughs> ten years in your life... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He kicked the bucket, by the way. <laughs> he kicked the bucket, but uh, we're still going to celebrate it. No, and that's the other thing. I mean, um, w- you know, there will be memorial services at 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 7, <laughs> and 7 a.m. throughout the at park. Hogwarts, there's a big every you, day. You know, there's, there's a big fountain and a, and a leaving, you know, at a condolence feast. You know, it, it's not going to happen. So Micah brings up an interesting point. Is this confirmation that Harry's not going to kick the bucket or that there will be a slightly happier ending? And... 
<laughs> Someone said to me yesterday, I wish I remember who it was, but they said uh, pretty much that since it's not Disney World, um, and it is done in the Universal Studios, um, that they won't have necessarily characters walking around, like Chip and Dale all the time, like Little Dobby or something like that. Do you guys think they'll employ uh, live talent? Um, well, at Universal Studios, they do have some live talent. It's so true. They might, they might have some people, but... Um, I mean that would be horrible if you think about it. Like, yeah, think you know, about that. How are you going to market that theme park? Hey, yeah. <laughs> well, what do you mean? How are you going to market it? Harry's not going to die. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. he's not going to die. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. But see, wouldn't that be horrible? Because you just put the thought into my head. Have these theme parks? They have like specific shows throughout the day. And like, what if you can attend like Dumbledore's funeral at two fifteen, four thirty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six o'clock. Dumbledore's funeral, where they, where they, and it's, it's like it'll be. No, that's what replaces Indiana Jones' epic stunt show. You know, where all those, because uh, that's an old ride, and all the, all the things burst into flame. And so when Dumbledore's tomb bursts into flame, it's the same pyrotechnic group uh, that did that. But think about how horrible that would be to bring your kids to. Oh yeah, no, totally. It's, it's Mike. It brings up you. You bring up an interesting point, and it's, it's well heard and well sounded. I, uh, I don't. But actually, anyway, yeah, back to the voicemail. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, I it was good. It, talk about it was, that. It was incredibly enjoyable. Um, do you have anything no, else you wanted to say about the theme park? <laughs> no, no. Because <laughs> well, I don't want to cut into it later. Um, okay, so I think you guys are right in saying that yeah. um, they, they probably get separated at some point in the story. Maybe maybe they meet back up. Like Maybe they get separated for a good amount of time, and then they meet back yeah, up because at this point. They were pretty set at the beginning of uh, the end of Half-Blood Prince, you know, telling him that... They, w- they weren't going to let him go and, and have at it alone. He was going to have them by his side. So, unless, like you guys said, they get separated somewhere. Well, it's 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 interesting, too, because um, if you think about it, and, and I mentioned this in the past about um, hearing once that there was going to be a, a pretty big muggle side of events uh, taking place in Book 7, like the muggle world might actually... Um, find out about the wizards in, in, in if there's a large enough um, bang. Now, I, I don't know exactly what your ideas are on this, but um, uh, I, for one, remember in book one, McGonagall said, wouldn't it be nice if on the very uh, day that Voldemort was defeated that the uh, that the muggle world actually knew we existed because I'm a little bit tired of all the secrecy. Uh, it could could have been a very nice, you know, ode to, to what would actually happen. Um, well, apparently, the Order of the Phoenix is teaming up with the U.S. military. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, Did you guys see that earlier today? Fox yeah. and Friends, Ben and Emerson, mm-hmm. Ron. Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. I d- I don't even want to reference that. So thank you, Micah. You saved me. <laughs> you saved me for doing that, uh, guys. Uh, ben and Emerson. We're on TV, and uh, you can check MuggleNet for that. And, okay, so this whole Book 7 Muggle thing, um, wouldn't Hermione and Ron, and I'm thinking about this, but if they're on this journey that's going to take them through various countrysides, various places in the Muggle world, couldn't Hermione put on Muggle clothing? She has Muggles for parents. She knows she knows just about living with Muggles as, as, as Harry does, and, and Ron certainly isn't too ignorant to it couldn't they just wear muggle clothes the whole book or i mean they do in the movies um, it's it's that's <laughs> they do in the movies but couldn't they actually in the well, book what just if it's a rescue type mission that harry's on there you know maybe so, he has to go and save them maybe they're taken yeah. from him maybe they were at school you never know um anything that's is possible fair. in that situation yeah and and you know eric it was interesting that you brought up um 
possibly muggles finding out about wizards because um, on the Wombat, Joe actually referenced the Statute of Secrecy that um, was put into effect to keep muggles from finding out about wizards. And one of the questions was, what do you think is one of the worst pieces of legislation for the wizarding world to date? And that was an optional answer. And so I'm wondering if that's the correct answer. Wait a minute. Maybe maybe it's better for muggles to know about wizards. No, because then they'll be wanting magical solutions for all these things. Like foot fungus. Well, is that such a bad thing? People have to learn that foot fungus just, you know, you need to leave, you don't clean your feet. (laughs) No, but seriously, actually, Micah, now I see what you were saying about what do you think is the worst piece of... Uh, legislation and it's a multiple choice answer question. No, and, Laura and this said is that, but oh, yeah, that was me. Well, oh, <laughs> wait, no, Micah, didn't Micah, you, didn't you, didn't you say that you didn't like that it was a multiple choice answer? Oh, that oh, it was yeah, like yeah. optional. Yeah, like so opinion. you you said that, but then Laura just said that. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> no, but so Micah, what uh, what you said about it being a, a multiple choice answer on your opinion and Laura, this is just this is. You're, you guys are right. That That's kind of... Especially on a wombat test where you can lose points for answers. What do you think? And then having... But, yeah, I reckon that that was actually... The statute of secrecy would be the worst piece of legislation. But it, it could possibly be explored in the book. Well, I mean, some of the other answers, too, they were kind of stupid answers, like... Um letting house elves be free or something along those lines and it was like uh, I don't really see how that would affect the wizarding world at large but eh. really the only the, the only answer there that would affect the entire <laughs> wizarding world <laughs> yeah ex- would be the statute of secrecy so yeah. I thought that was I don't know if I chose that but statute <laughs> as it were probably well not, Micah but at least you're being honest probably not um so yeah, so if they're um, if they're in a wizarding setting, and and that's true, they could have been pulled. Um, I just think it would be. I mean, it's not that difficult, or it doesn't seem to be that difficult. With at least, I guess, in the movies, clouding my mind, for them to all don muggle wear just so they don't get looked at. I mean, just in the ver- in the rare case, even if they're in front of wizards, wizards understand wizards dressing up as muggles. Muggles don't understand people running around in robes. Believe me, I know. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, guys, this is—you uh, don't think they could just put on a pair of shorts or something? They—they're actually in their robes, which I find interesting that Harry is not. Um, well, to be honest with you, as a Muggle, I'd find it a little bit more odd that there was a dragon flying above my house and then people <laughs> walking around the street in robes. Well, I—I d- I don't know. I'm actually, you know, ever since the Neverending Story, that pretty much got me used to people flying over in big white carpets. Or dragons, or anyway. Um, yeah, but Eric, you live in New Zealand. That's commonplace there, and it is. So that's actually sorry, guys. That's the first part of this voicemail. Uh, they mentioned about the hills and in England. Now we talked specifically about that last week, um, where I said that the countryside um, should stay the same. There shouldn't be strictly wizarding countryside. So unless we're in a fantasy, completely uh, unplottable place on the map, maybe the Bermuda Triangle. Um, then then it would actually seem like they are in a geographical location that would have lots of mountains, such as Australia. There you go. Yeah, I mean, and Jamie even confirmed that there's really no countryside that looks like this in the UK. So and I liked Eric's idea earlier when you were talking about possibly Gringotts. We know there's all those tunnels down there. Is it possible at some point there's a place where you can, I guess, you know, enter... Or leave from another area that would take you to another part of the world. 
You know what? That That's would be what happened cool. when the uh, the Gringotts goblins tried to dig a hole to China. That's what all of us <laughs> wanted to do as children. Well, no, and guys, remember, um, well, not, not remember, but actually, if you have you guys seen, now this is a stretch. This is really a stretch. I'll be very happy with you guys. Have you seen the sequel to Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Yeah, I've seen it. Mm. Yeah, you know that system they use to travel through the core of the Earth? Yep, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. They have this system of tunnels that are just, you, you strap yourself to a big gyroscope, I believe it is, or it's something along the same lines where you're, you're strapped in and there's a sphere that's around you and it just transports you really fast through these tunnels that go above some lava pits, some expired lava pits. Just basic idea. Um, that and the movie The Core, which is cool. But you guys think that that's actually possible and that's what J.K.R. was alluding to? Um, or or has, yeah. has she? Um, Not Mortal I, I Kombat that- in particular, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Scorpion I kind of doubt that they're. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Get over here, Harry. You know, your Horcrux is mine. No, actually, that's pretty good. Shang Tsung on on uh, in the Harry Potter books. No, we have more okay. voicemails though. Yeah. Oh okay. darn! But okay, fine. Did- All right. You guys ready? Yep. Yep. Next voicemail, Laura. Hey, Mugcast. This is Charlie from Virginia. Um. There was a, uh, the ancient magic Dumbledore evoked on Harry about him calling Privet Drive his home. is obviously supposed to expire when he turns 17, but he never really thought Privet Drive to be his home. He always thought Hogwarts was his home. Um, I wonder if Harry will start regarding, you know, Hogwarts as his home and using that ancient magic as a transfer over to Hogwarts. Anyway, interested to hear what you guys think on the show. Thanks. Bye. Um. No. No, I don't think so because, I mean, didn't didn't Dumbledore say that it was considered his home so long as he could technically walk through the door and uh, and, s- and <laughs> be fed and welcome there and, and supposedly and it, yeah yeah it's it's worth calling into question because it is true what they say on this voicemail that Harry isn't really you know he didn't really call it home they treated him like crap. And and stuff, but but the protection is is on, and it, it's worn off. My own opinion is that Harry doesn't need any more protection. He's old enough now that when he comes of age and when he is able to be, you know, vulnerable now, uh, when the protection wears off, he will actually face what has to come, and he won't try and transfer that ancient magic to Hogwarts. Particularly, Harry can't do ancient magic. Um, and certainly not that rivals Dumbledore in protecting it. And I think Harry, even though he'd like to have a safe haven, I think he's come to the conclusion that there is no safe haven anymore. Um, yeah, and I mean, just on top of the fact that, I mean, it's it's pretty much been made clear that once you're 17, that kind of protection doesn't work anymore. He can't use it I think anymore, it's also so. important to remember that the protection doesn't necessarily come from the house. It comes from Petunia. From and Petunia, right. acceptance of him. And one thing I wanted to bring up, though, that I read, because I've been going over J.K. Rowling's site a lot, reading some of the things that came up uh, that we may not remember, and I was looking at the whole Remember My Last, because I'm just rereading Order of the Phoenix also, as we get closer to the release date, and she said on her site that it's important to remember and to differentiate between the letters that were addressed to the Dursleys and letters that are addressed to Petunia. And I thought that was kind of interesting because if you think about it, the note on the doorstep the day Harry arrived was addressed to both Petunia and Vernon. So that means that Dumbledore was talking to Petunia way before that. Yeah, that he 
actually communicated with her on her own. Which right. Is, I mean, which is very oh, so interesting, I think. Uh, did, Jake, did JKR said that uh, the last time Dumbledore and Petunia had spoken was before Harry came to the doorstep? We don't know. Wait, say that again? Necessarily. Okay, so Dumbledore says, remember my last. But does that mean that uh, the last time Dumbledore... I mean, Petunia recognizes the voice, is scared to death. Um, it's Dumbledore's. I mean, there's no question about that. Well, no, no, I'm not questioning if it's Dumbledore's. I'm saying, when was the last time that Dumbledore would have spoken to Petunia? Does it have to be before Harry came uh, to, to, to live at Privet Drive? Or or was Harry, was Dumbledore a little bit more in contact with Petunia throughout the years? I think... He contacted her before Harry showed up on the doorstep. There's, so I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, mm-hmm. how else would she have been accepting of him? Well, no, she could have. I'm saying he could have contacted her before Harry. But when when Dumbledore says, "Remember my last last what?" is still a question. And does that mean that Dumbledore? Like, are you against the idea that Dumbledore contacted Petunia while Harry was living there? I don't know. I think that we can definitely say he contacted her before Harry lived there because McGonagall even said whenever, you know, Dumbledore said he wrote a letter, she said, how do you explain all this in a letter? And obviously you can't. So clearly Petunia knew about the situation before Harry got there. That makes sense. He may well, I mean, he may well have contacted her over the years, but I don't think it really matters what he's referring to. Basically, from that message, we know that they've been communicating just amongst themselves without Vernon involved. Because he's clearly ignorant when it comes to all of the wizarding issues. He knows nothing. So I think it's safe to assume they have been in communication. Hmm. Hold on one second. I'm looking it up right here. I have it. Okay. Um, So we'll just check. Because I think it would be interesting if Dumbledore was still contacting Petunia sometime during Harry's childhood. I mean, 13 to 16 years is difficult time. You know, it's a huge amount of time uh, to not go in contact. Okay, here it says, What did Dumbledore's howler to Anne Petunia mean? He says, Dumbledore is... Ref- or sorry, she says, Dumbledore is referring to his last letter, which means, of course, the letter he left upon the Dursley's doorstep when Harry was one year old. But why oh. then, you may well ask, did he not just say, Remember my letter? Why did he say my last letter? Why, obviously, because there were letters before that. Um, okay. She said, now let the speculation begin, and mind you, type clearly, I'll be watching. Um, she goes on in a PS to say, it has been suggested that I am wrong in saying that Dumbledore's last letter was the one he left on the doorstep with baby Harry, and that he has sent a letter since then concerning Harry's illegal flight to school. However, both Dumbledore and I differentiate between letters sent to the Dursleys as a couple and messages directed to Petunia alone. And that's my final word on the subject. Okay. So she answered the question, completely helped us, and then said, wait a minute, no. <laughs> yes, because well, she can't do that. Yeah, well, and she, she likes can. to do that. <laughs> not, not many people would, but she did. Okay, Rosie from England. Hey, it's Rosie from England. I was just wondering. Um, I was reading reading Order of Phoenix, and when Tron is um, saying a prophecy, she keeps calling Voldemort the Dark Lord, and we know from Harry to Queen Lucy lessons with Snape that only Death Eaters call Voldemort the Dark Lord? Could, could Trelawney have been a Death Eater at one time? What do you think? Thanks, guys. Love Mother's House, especially Andrew and Jamie. <laughs> I don't know. Guys, do you think from a casting standpoint that Emma Thompson has Death Eater in her? It's possible that at um, one point Trelawney was in... 
Alcoholics Anonymous, whether she was a Death Eater, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but anyway. Well, what interests me about this is, you know, Molly bring or not Molly, I'm sorry, that's the next one, but Rosie brings up the point that um, in the prophecy, Voldemort is referred to as the Dark Lord. And I don't think that Trelawney was ever a Death Eater, but it makes me wonder, where do these prophecies come from exactly? Because they don't come from the person making the prophecy that they're just used as a channel yeah to convey it to someone else so where do they come from and wherever they're coming from is referring to voldemort as the dark lord well which makes me wonder how much we can trust a prophecy well i got to imagine that there there are times in the books though that there are other characters that refer to him as the dark lord because i remember reading through, uh, because I've been doing rereading of Goblet of Fire and Order of the Phoenix, and I swear that there are characters that call him the Dark Lord, even though I know what you're saying, and I know what Rosie's saying about really only Death Eaters call him that. But uh, there has to be instances where others do as well. Yeah. Well, it seems like it's more of a formal title. Like, it's either used by people who respect him or people who fear him, it seems. Yeah. No, and, and it, but it, but it is a, it is interesting to see um, what I liked about the voicemail is the question uh, is somebody talking through Trelawney or is a Death Eater talking through Trelawney? I mean that wasn't said in the voicemail, but if Trelawney herself wasn't a Death Eater, is this prophecy coming from someone who is a Death Eater? Like say for instance that Trelawney's two prophecies that end up being true. What if um, Bellatrix Lestrange was 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 you know convulsing somewhere and and had a telepathic connection uh when Trelawney oh, did and and was think about speaking. this though think I mean tra- no I'm just gonna I'm just gonna discredit my own theory Bellatrix was an Azkaban um when 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 that fir- when that second prophecy took place but continue no but I think it's more creative writing though because if you were to write the prophecy and you're JK Rowling would you say the one with the power to vanquish he who must not be named approaches I mean that sounds kind of silly doesn't it well, what about the one who has the power to vanquish Lord Voldemort? Mm. Well, but st- it all goes still, back to the whole who can say his name. That's Not many also people true. are willing to actually say Voldemort. They're afraid to. Mm. Yeah. But it just makes me wonder where exactly prophecies come from. Yeah. We don't know. You know? I think Trelawney was doing her best impression of me when she said it in that deep voice. <laughs> I think so too. I think um, I think the next time they revise, if they ever revise the audio editions, or have would they have them on iTunes now? I guess uh, Micah. After MuggleCast, we're just going to do our own audiobooks, and uh, we're going to split up the workload with characters, and we're all going to read. And I get um, the prophecy. Is that what you're saying? You get the prophecy voice. Okay. Um, we'll find cool. some other ones for you. You get to read for Grop too. Oh. Uh, you get Grop. <laughs> you get um, Grop. maybe Hagrid. I don't know. I'm not really partial to Ben's Hagrid, but I kind of am, just because he's done it so much. No, yeah, Ben but, gets um, Crumb. I'll do Crumb, obviously. Crumb, and uh, we'll also give you, uh, like, Luna or something. Um, okay, and so, <laughs> moving We'll give on. you a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> next, next voicemail, please. Wait, did you guys have anything okay. else about that? Oh, no, 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 that's we're good. good. Next voicemail. Hi, Mugglecasters. My name's Molly. I'm 14, and I'm from North Carolina. I was just rereading Half-Blood Prince, and I have a question for you guys. On page 436 of the U.S. edition, Harry and Dumbledore are watching Tom Riddle and Hepzibah smear through the pinties. Hepzibah shows Voldemort Hufflepuff's cup. 
She mentioned that the cop has, quote, all sorts of powers it's supposed to possess, too, but I haven't tested them thoroughly. I just keep it nice and safe in here. I was just wondering what kind of powers these might be. You guys are all awesome, but Andrew and Jamie, you're my favorite. Oh, and happy birthday, Andrew. Thanks. Bye. I okay, see. it's a cup. <laughs> Go ahead. No, that's it. That's it, Micah. I was I was planning on, uh, you know, it's a cup. I'm just reminding everybody oh, no, before was... you start saying that. I, I think it, it it time travels and and, no, no, and, no, no, and no. goes I, through other, you know. I was gonna make a joke. I was gonna say that Trelawney found out some of the powers of the cup. <laughs> the powers of the sherry filled cup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, Good this joke. is really weird. I I really am. I'm stumped on this one. I don't know yeah, what I mean, type I'm of powers of you could have. I mean, could we be talking about something along the lines of, like, the Opals and Borgen and Burks, or is it evil? Is it bad? Does it hurt you if you touch it? I don't know. Well, it's I, I would it's think that if it was Hufflepuffs, yeah. it wouldn't be mean, but you never know. Yeah, you never know. Some of those, well, well, Ravenclaw and Gryffindor are the more cunning. Hufflepuff isn't a bunch of duffers, you know, as as Hagrid clears up, but but it it still remains that Hufflepuff is one of the least characterized kind of um, houses. You know, if if you aren't if you aren't mean and heartless, you get into Slytherin, and I understand there are good Slytherins. Um, you know, if you're if you're if you're kind of uh, ambitious, you might get into Slytherin. If you're courageous, you get into Gryffindor. If you're smart, intelligent, cunning, you kind of get into R- Ravenclaw or one of the other you know two. But and then everybody else kind of goes into Hufflepuff. If you're nice, if you're a little bit gossipy, I heard you know something like that. But uh, we can't really derive anything from Hufflepuffs, uh, you know, character traits that would somehow help us and assist us into figuring out what this cup is all about. Or maybe we're not looking hard enough. I mean, what powers could a cup have? That's a good question. I think you summed it up perfectly. Actually, I think Trelawney knows. A- actually, there is another <laughs> famous cup in history. Um, and, yeah. and I'm just going to reference that, but it, it, um, it had healing powers and, um, did something else, didn't it? Um, thinking of the Holy Grail. Yeah. Eh, see, see, I'm useless when you bring that up because yeah. all I think of is Monty Python. I think, I'm thinking of Indiana Jones. I mean, I don't know what you guys are up to, but I'm thinking of Indiana Jones and he chose poorly. And then the guy like... Turns into a skeleton, um, but the uh, I'm thinking of the Holy Grail. So it had healing powers, and it's something like the drink of youth, the drink of life, uh, fountain of youth, the f- fountain of youth. But um, the, the drink of drink of life, drinking things, and and even in Alice in Wonderland, um, that have come from cups, or actually most of hers came from vials. Um, you know, kind of influences the the potion thing, and and uh, it was a well goblets just in general so far throughout the series have been a little bit more prominent than we would have at least thought of originally. True. So, so there are yeah. some, some important cups. Um, but it's a good question overall. Do you guys have any other ideas? No, no. I, I mean, it's, it's a good question, but it's really all speculation at this point. So we'll, um, we'll come back to that. But um, that, guys, that, that actually wraps it up for voicemails this week. Can you believe it? What, that we actually did voicemails? Did voicemails. (laughs) Well, uh, can you believe any part of that statement? Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm hosting and I'm trying to come up with things. Yeah, Um, I I think we might have been dreaming. Yeah. Okay. It was all dream. Oh, jeez. I hope that, uh, no, JKR actually said it wasn't, right? So we can no longer. It better not be. 
<laughs> that would make me so mad. Or I will well, wait for her plane at JFK <laughs> when she comes to New York. And uh, uh, Micah, they will take you away for saying that. Um, um, yeah. That any, anyway, okay. So, so <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, no, but no, we we I'm all will. We all will as well. It will be. Um, I I would love to see her for one though. Uh, to the first crowd in in the U.S. during her book tour, be reading to like New Orleans or Los Angeles, and <laughs> conclude it falsely with "and it was all a dream," and then she snickers yeah. <laughs> and runs out, and she'll just run out, and everybody will be like, "Oh my god!" So that that'd be cool. Okay, so next uh, next up on the roster here is the Road to Deathly Hallows. Um, this week we've got a new topic, um, but actually before we get into that, um, Micah, didn't we? Uh, we didn't actually finish last week's. No, we did not. We uh, hmm. we ran into having too many characters to discuss: who will live and who will die. So let's start where we left off with Neville. What do you guys think? Is he in trouble in this book? I think he's gonna die. I think he's gonna die. I think he's going to have a good moment. I think J.K. is going to really treat yeah. Neville correctly um, in, in, in this book. I think she's really going to give him something to do. And, and, and you know, Neville's tired of being, you know, the, the, the forgetful fat kid. Um, and I think he's really going to uh, show off some of his anger, as, as J.K. has already kind of placed uh, him in the lineup for taking down Bellatrix, uh, who, of course, was one of the torturers um, who may be responsible for his long-term memory loss or short-term memory loss. Now, well, why do you think he has that memory loss? Because I read an email recently that said it's possible that he's so forgetful because his grandmother puts a charm on him that is making him forget possibly stuff that happened to his parents that she doesn't want him to remember. Ooh. Right. That's really cool. I I didn't... I, I haven't heard that one. That one's, you know, putting the role of the grandmother on him. Like, Grand says, it's time for your soup, you know, Neville, and there's right. a potion in there to make him not remember his horrible life. Um, <laughs> Do you think he'll but, ever learn the prophecy? Do you think no, he'll learn in Deathly Hollows that he could have been Harry? Uh, oh, yeah, I think he will. Yeah, I think that's, I that's think actually Harry's job, I think. I think Harry should tell Neville, if he tells anybody, and he's told Harry and Ron, I mean Hermione and Ron, I think he needs to confide in Neville and be like, look, okay, dude, you were, like, you and me were not all that different. <laughs> you and I were, were, were the same. We, but we I, could, think, yeah. I, I think that Neville's going to go out in a blaze of glory, like, not literally <laughs> on fire, but I think that he's going <laughs> to go out doing something courageous. So. To prove um, why he's in Gryffindor. Though I would like, yeah, that's true. That's true as well. He's in Gryffindor, and he seems a little bit more like a Hufflepuff, except for that one little scene in the first book where he stood up to his friends and he got fifty house points and he won the whole thing. But um, no, actually, just my my own personal opinion of Neville and his memory was uh, was not actually personal. It was shared with a bunch of people who thought that it was just because of the charms and the curses that they did on his parents and stuff. He could have been hit um, either with a few charms and curses or or possibly the Confundus charm um, or, or Crucio even. Um, you know, wanna, if he was hit with a, a curse at a very young age, it could have done something to his mind. Um, However, but I'm actually, I'm actually liking that vindictive grandmother thing. Yeah, I think also something that works in his favor, though, was the whole idea of one of Harry's friends going on to, or one of the students going on to be a teacher at Hogwarts. I think Neville teaching her biology is definitely something that could happen. 
Mm-hmm. So he is good at herbology. But again, it could be anybody, I guess, <laughs> that ends up being a teacher. Yeah, that's true. Wait, did JKR say there'd be someone who's definitely going to be a teacher? Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, and cool. It's not, she, did she say it's not Harry, or did she not specify? I can't remember. Um, well, you perused her site all the time. It. I don't think it was on her site. I think it was in one of those interviews that she did. Oh yeah, no, I totally, I totally don't remember. Um, uh, who, who's next on the uh, Who's next on the list? Severus Snape. Ooh. Should we even talk know. about this? That- that's hard. I mean, part of me wants to say he'll die, and then another part of me says he'll live, so I, I just don't know. I mean... Mm. I think there's so much speculation. There's so much intensity yeah. that even if Snape is good, I think Well, let's he, say he's good. Who's going to kill him? Voldemort? Oh, um, I think Voldemort would kill him if he was good. I think, I think he would... I think Snape should survive something from Voldemort. I think that would be cool. I mean, but but like I guess Snape survives in, from Voldemort in one way, which is that if he is good, he has tricked Voldemort and 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 apparently done something that makes him so vulnerable that he kind of makes up for that person he killed. If um, he's evil, um, who's going to take him out? Harry. That's the other thing. Uh, well, Harry, you saw how Harry uh, fared, even though Snape was teaching him at the very time. He couldn't even utter the word that he wanted because Snape would would take him out. I mean, this is. It's true that Harry will get some more training, and I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to generate impressions that he won't be uh, fit, but Harry's got to take on Voldemort. That's pretty much good enough. I mean, that's hard enough to do. Taking on full-grown adults, what if Remus, what if somebody else takes Snape out? Actually, Remus and Snape never, I mean, you know, childhood kind of rivals. I never sensed any animosity between them, though, really. There's not not as much. Mm-hmm. There's, there's not. I mean, and Remus even says to Harry, "I really can't fault the guy because he made my my wolfsbane potion when he could have left me just some very right. awkward right. nights." Uh, th- there is an animosity, but they do know each other, and they do know the history of each other. At you know, as a, and they they've been they've been connected in the past though. So I, I just that's what struck me. Okay, but Draco um, is up after Snape. I think he'll live. Live in regret in some way, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think he's definitely going to live. I don't know if he's um, going to end up choosing a side. I sort of see him as kind of a more of a problem to both sides, like because he won't choose one, and so instead of trying to be beneficial to one or the other, well, could, he'll just be more of a could problem. Indecision get him killed though. It could, but I don't know. I just don't see. Hmm. I mean, there, I just been- don't see the point in him dying, really. I mean. Yeah, I mean, there, there's been some allusions to his weakness and his inability to handle at least Voldemort, but um, that was probably, I think that was just to serve the other plot, um, you know, you know, for for book six, and, and possibly that Draco himself was going to go up against Dumbledore. We've seen he can't do that, but I, I, I think what Lara was saying, and th- there may be too many tragic heroes in the, in this whole yeah. story, who you know reveal themselves to be good, but then die. Well, Laura uh, brings up a great point, though, and this kind of goes back to what she said last week with Ginny, and that is, the death has to be meaningful some way to Harry, and I don't know that Draco kicking the bucket would necessarily be meaningful to Harry at all. Yeah, I don't think he would really care, to mm. be honest. Um, now, Wormtail. Wormtail's gonna die. Uh, I um, think he's gonna die. He's gonna I think die. that that's a that's a no brainer. I think he. I mean, he or, has a life debt. I mean, he, or 
or or keep going. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna. No, uh, I mean, do this I'm obnoxiously. just saying that he he owes Harry a life debt. Well, and, how uh, so? How do you think I mean, that's gonna be repaid? With his I think life, he's gonna die. See, it's directly so interesting because stepping in front of something yeah. or giving up information and dying as a result. Yeah, possibly. I mean, either of those ways, but it's just there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to die. I mean, I just mm. I feel yeah. it. Well, I think you feel it one in your thing brains. that is possible, though, that I don't know if we've really discussed this, is that Wormtail knows where in Godric's Hollow Harry's parents lived. And he's technically... Uh, is he still... Would he still be considered the secret keeper? Yeah, but didn't Joe say that once the uh, people um, whom the secret was, was placed on died, that I thought it was anybody could find when it? when the secret keeper died, that the secret dies with them. Or once the secret was betrayed? That's possible. I would think, once I mean, betrayed, once, once yeah. he betrayed it, it's like, hmm. there's no point. Yeah, but well, because we know Hagrid found it. There is, there is. If there was more than one person looking for the Potters... And and Wormtail betrayed, you know, ju- uh, the answer to just one of them. I don't think it would be fair that the people he didn't betray the secret to could suddenly find Lily and James. Okay. But yeah. he's pretty much done anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Now, th- yeah these yeah. next couple are are interesting. They're actually couples, Petunia and Vernon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're they're gonna live. I I don't really see where their importance is going to stretch on. But will After they Harry see the error lost? of their ways? Will, will, will they be like, Probably you know what, you, you, you freaky folk uh, aren't so bad. Like like maybe in Star Wars uh, with Ewoks, and they're all thinking, you got, you Ewoks aren't so bad. Will, will Vernon be, be up uh, next to a cuddly... Uh, um, never mind. House elf? No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, never mind. No, um, well, I'm not saying gonna, perhaps what happens is that Harry becomes of age and automatically right after that happens 50 Death Eaters descend on Privet Drive and basically storm the house. Is that a possibility? Um, that'd be cool. Do the Death Eaters know about that protection? No, but Voldemort does. He said it in Graveyard in Goblet of Fire. He knew the protection that was placed on Harry. Old yeah, magic, even if he did magic, he should have known about something. Oh, like yeah, that. that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it's good to know where the enemy is, uh, and and he may have tried to set foot on Privet Drive once or twice. <coughs> but, so I um, think Petunia, I, I, I was Petunia in the area. So could be in, uh, yeah, Petunia could be in danger I think more so than Vernon. Yep. Yeah. What about Lucius so and may- Narcissa? Oh, Sorry, go ahead. Question. Now I was. Um, do you guys think that uh, that Vernon might be like, oh, thanks to Harry, you know, in the end or something? Maybe a little bit of a no. little bit of a thing. Not even, you know. Yeah. No. Like leave us alone now. No, yeah. I don't think so. Okay, sorry, Mike. I think he'll always hate him. What? No. Okay, I have something. This just popped into my head. <laughs> I'm sorry, but what do you think if the book ended with Vernon going to work and sort of people? Those weird people he saw on the show. Oh, wandering around in cloaks. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Happy no, no, no. Voldemort was it, gone. It, it, yeah. It, well, that that would actually be cool. Just that on would a, yeah. Tie it together from the very beginning. It, yeah, that would be really cool if he went to work. No, on a normal day, and it, it's not like it's not like um it's not like it was all a dream or anything. But it's not like he wakes up and goes to work. But he he goes to work on a on a, you know the future day, and they're all celebrating. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's cool. What, okay. Wouldn't it be even cooler though? Sorry, and I'm just because <laughs> you said that. This, this. Wouldn't it be even cooler if they find out about the Wizarding World, and 
Uh, wizards and muggles are living side to side, jump about two years in the future, and Vernon goes to work one day, and there's people with tails everywhere. <laughs> and, 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 and there's like, and there's like, Bats flying from flying around in the sky, like WT. You know, what if there's a third civilization that just exists and there's? I I don't know, Eric. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> Lucius and Narcissa. I think Lucius will die. See, I'm of the mindset that Narcissa dying would cause Draco to side with the Order. Um. Yeah. What's the but... point? What's the literary value of killing Narcissa? I mean, he's Drake. She's Draco's mommy, and all. But but Draco pretty much pretty much makes his own decisions. He's a yeah. responsible young. I don't man. think he likes his father very much, though. No, but I don't know. I don't think. I mean, I think that any of the deaths that are going to be made into a big deal all have to be deaths that affect Harry. But I think any of the deaths that we hear about that are just you know sort of background information, I think it'd be very. I think it's very likely that at some point we're going to read about Lucius Malfoy buying the farm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but the other thing about the Malfoys, uh, I do think we're going to see their manner, don't you guys? Because it, it was heavily alluded to in book two that um, that there was a lot of interesting stuff at the Malfoy manor. And I, I think it might be unlikely that there's another Horcrux there because Voldemort trusted uh, Lucius with the diary and that got destroyed. But just just generally, there seems to be a lot of cool stuff at the manor, and who better would know? I mean, Dobby comes from the, the Draco's manor, you know, and and there's a, there's like this underlying theme of the stuff that goes on at the Malfoy mansion, and then uh, you guys think we'll be seeing that? Like Draco will show Harry around or say, "Look, I have this." Um, I don't think Draco's going to take Harry on a walking tour of his house. But... Well, Dobby could. Yeah, Dobby could. I mean, what if? I mean. Just sort of speculating here, what if the UK edition isn't Gringotts? What if it's the Malfoy Manor? Uh, yeah, so that so they're under their drawing room floor then, uh, <laughs> when they, they fall in okay. to the sword. Okay. You forget the sky. <laughs> okay, another what, couple here. Okay. Mr. and Mrs. Mm. Weasley. Mm. Would be heartbreaking for sure if either of them went. Live. Yeah, it would be. They have to be the couple that just lives and outsees their... You know, outsees their 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 kids. Um, no, not outlives their kids, but they they, <laughs> they have to be the the couple that uh, with the Weasleys. And I I just came up with this idea last week. It just hit me. The Weasleys. There's seven of the the children. So I thought that none of the Weasleys, including Ron, would die because there's seven of them, and that would just be cool reinforcement of the number seven. So I don't know about the parents. I mean, I don't even know if that has any significance. But that's why I thought. Oh, none I think of the it does. I think die. at least with Mrs. Weasley. Um, but mm-hmm. both of them, even. I mean, they've both been parental figures to him throughout the entire series. Um, mm. Well, I mean, wouldn't it be horrible though if any of the Weasley children died? Yeah. And both of the parents lived. Oh, yeah. That would be well. Horrible. That's Molly's greatest fear. Right. Yeah. Is is yeah. outliving any of her kids, and and it, it would actually suck. Even if uh, if Molly died, it would it would be bad bad thing because. Um, because she was like not not necessarily the voice of reason, but she was just another parental voice. It's just more people with voices over what Harry should do with his life, and more of his guidance figures are just getting snuffed out, and they no longer have a voice. And it's like Harry's completely not on his own to serve the plot, but just on his own to the point where it's like desperate. Like, come on, he has absolutely no one who can give him any more advice anymore. They all died. Yeah, they're. Uh, Remus I, and Molly. I think also though that. And this may be 
a little hard to prove, but I think it's possible that Hermione's parents could be in danger. Why? I just don't know. I, I see them as easy to get to and using them as possible bait for something. Well, I can see that happening if, like, um, you, know, you know, one of the Death Eaters, like, perhaps the, um, perhaps the werewolf will have, like, a plaque problem or something, you know, and he'll, he'll, go, into the, he'll, go, he'll go into the dentist, you know, and, and be like, yeah. hey, you know. Yep, I can see that. Definitely. I have this uh, I have this molar, and it's um, yeah, it's canine, canine. Have you ever seen the molar. horror movie? I think it is actually called The Dentist. It's really oh my movie. god, yes, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's terrible. I never uh, want to go to a dentist me. after watching that movie. But anyway, uh, I moving d- on. I haven't seen it. Yeah, um, moving on. A pairing, have, have we got another pairing? Fred and George. Mm. Um, goes with the Weasleys. I think Magic of Seven, Power of Seven, Girl Power, Power of Seven, Power of Twins. Twins have power. And 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 not to mention the Weasley twins are exceptionally powerful. So. Yep, I mean I agree with that, but at the same time, uh, back when J.K. Rowling said that she spared somebody and killed two in their place, I couldn't help but think about Fred and George. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ooh. Because and well, it's sad because their their brother uncles who were twins, Gideon and Fabian, were both killed. Yeah. Yeah, their uncles who were brothers. That's same right. same initials too, which is kind of creepy. Oh no! Oh my god, that's so sad. Oh my god, Gideon and Fabian. Well, yeah. Well, Gideon minus and Fabian. the last name. F F F and G. Yeah. P- yeah, yeah, F and G died. Uh, that would. Oh, that's horrible. Back to the other side, Bellatrix. Oh yeah, she's going yeah, down. Yeah, no, she's gonna die. She, she gets hit now, with a car, it's much right? Easier. By Neville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was yeah. Neville riding Sirius's motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you guys agree she's goner, right? Oh yeah, she's gone. It's um, much easier to argue death for the bad guys. I mean, <laughs> do we think any of them are going to well, live? I mean, but well, actually, sorry, I just thought of uh, Wormtail. Um, wouldn't wouldn't it be fitting for him to serve the prison sentence that Sirius did? I mean, do you guys think? With, yeah, with no, all I his think worst that memories, would be mm-hmm. definitely more justified of an ending for him than just taking the coward's way out. Or, or dying. True. I mean, it's like Batman. I mean. Batman doesn't kill people. He puts them in insane asylums. Right. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, Professor McGonagall. Live. Um, live, but there was that strange animosity between Harry and, and her where he couldn't tell her um, any of that stuff about the Horcruxes. Rightfully so, but I just don't know where that was leading. Um... Uh, so I don't, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think she should probably be safe. But what about Lupin? I think he'll live. Really? There's um, a lot of theories yeah, out there that all the Marauders I, I, have to die. Yeah, I know, but why do all the Marauders have to die? Like, I, because is, they're the forefront of the wizarding community, <laughs> and they're with Harry and 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 Remus. Remus is 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 Harry's guardian. Harry's would-be father, and everyone near Harry has to die so that he can complete his <laughs> journey. Yeah, but see, the thing is, I don't, I don't think that everyone near Harry needs no, to die. I, I think that there are specific people that it makes more sense for yeah. them Oh, to die. like Ron and... No, I don't no. think Ron's going to die. I think Ginny's going to die. Let's oh, stay well, off that Ginny, because... Yeah, that got, got very touchy last week. Purpose. Uh, no, that, that, that's completely fine. But also, um, I don't think Lupin is as attached as a Sirius or Dumbledore. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think he should be, though. I think he is, in a way. Because if you look back on Prisoner of Azkaban, 
the best moments besides that of Harry and Sirius at the end were Remus and and Harry and and talking about his father and and how and and you know all those DADA sessions with warm fuzzy chocolate, uh, it, you know it was well, not fuzzy chocolate. That's a little bit disgusting. But um, <laughs> but with but with chocolate, you find that when you, you know, clean out I mean, the movie theater, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I do find yeah. fuzzy chocolate as many. Oh my gosh! Um, but yeah, <laughs> we have a fairly new movie theater that I worked at, so it was good. But uh, you know, Remus and Harry, uh, the scenes were very warm and, and heartfelt. I just think uh, Remus has been stationed. He has a duty foremost to the to the order, uh, to Dumbledore, because of all the good things that Dumbledore has done for for Remus. And it's a little bit dangerous because we have to think about it in terms of we've got a big werewolf on the loose, Fenrir Greyback. Who's going to take him out? It's going to have to be another werewolf. Bill is only half-face werewolf, and I think Remus is going to have to go up against Fenrir, I think, in the mm-hmm. end. Yeah, I think he's going to take Greyback out. Because who else is going to take out the werewolf? So I, I don't know if Remus will live or die. Okay. Well, but it's a good we'll question. leave it there. I, I will say, though, that I think, in my opinion, there's one good guy that I would like to see get it, and I don't really know if you can consider him a good guy, but Cornelius Fudge... I just I want to see him go. (laughs) I want to see him go, Micah. That I want to see him go. That's really intense, man. What did he ever do to you? But you know what it is. I'm rereading Order of the Phoenix right now, and just the fact that he doesn't believe anything, and really annoys me. So maybe that's a little bit too harsh. But if he got, you know, I don't know. Some, if he if he missed a few fingers, it wouldn't. Yeah, yeah be you so know, bad. snip a few of them off. If he had to go t- into uh, see the dentist from that horror movie, <laughs> I you know, I have, to, I have to rent this movie. I have to rent this movie. The, the dentist. It's, it's next really disturbing. The, it really oh, it's is. so gross. Any oh, any kids out there that are listening that are under the age of fifteen, I would not recommend <laughs> yeah, seeing this. Of movie. Of twenty five, don't go see the movie. Yeah. Um. But. <laughs> But seriously, um, what were we, what were we just talking about? I'm sorry, if, if, uh, Fudge. Um, he's already lost his position as minister. Now we really don't have any repercussions to see if he was actually upset about losing that. But oh, you know what would be he's nice, pretty much though? been deemed if he was convicted well, he, of of something yeah. and sent to Azkaban and had to live with worm of being stupid for eternity. <laughs> God, convicted. you guys are horrible. <laughs> okay, convicted. Oh he's God. an ignorant politician, but we that's do, the allegory of it all. Yeah, we do need to wrap this up. I think that's it as far yeah. as who will live and who will die. And yeah, next we week we're going, going to do Laura. What? Where are the Horcruxes? Yes, where are the Horcruxes? Yes. Wanted to do um, them this week, but this got a little long. That is the most so. recent question, right? From Scholastic. Yep. Mm-hmm. From Scholastic, we may have another one next week. Do you guys know? Are we going to have a next one? Yeah, you get one every week. One every week. Okay, so so we're kind of a week behind. We'll try and figure out a way we'll to catch do that. Up. Next week won't be too long. I mean, where are the horcruxes? We've already talked about this ad uh, nauseum. Um, so it'll be a, it'll probably be a fast one. We might combine two next week. Um, and finally, for this show, we don't have a British joke as Jamie's not on, but we do have um, chicken soup. Chicken, chicken, chicken soup. This is the special P.O. Box edition, uh, which I assume means that our chicken soups have come to us via post or owl to our P.O. Box. Um, Laura, take it away. Okay. Um, our first one comes from Selena12 of Illinois. 
She says, Recently a friend of mine, age 12, passed away. It was really hard to get through because at night I would get sad or scared. Then, and I'm serious, literally a week after it happened, I discovered MuggleCast. I listen to you guys all the time now, and you guys are hilarious and you have amazing theories. Thanks so much for helping me. It has truly made a difference. It's, I mean, it's really, really good to hear that our show is, you know, helpful in that respect because losing someone, especially someone that young, yeah, I can't imagine how difficult that, that it's is. That's an outlet for people to just kind yeah, of get away from I mean, whatever the case may be mm-hmm. or the situation. That's, um, that's stay what strong. I originally, yeah, I yeah, no, say. totally stay strong. And it's really good that you found Harry Potter, especially as a series, because you know we have shows like this. Not to toot our own horn, but we love be we like being there for you. Um, so it's it's good, and we're going to keep doing it for at least a little while longer. Another another two hundred shows, I think we can. We can do. <laughs> sure, uh, maybe another two hundred shows. Maybe 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 not. Yeah. Um, let's make it to one hundred first. Yeah, let's let's it. try that. <laughs> <laughs> um, our next one comes from Sam, thirteen of California, and she said, "My older sister recently had a baby. The midwife wouldn't allow me to be in the room with my sister. I didn't want to be in there anyway. I could still hear everything from outside the room, and I was really nervous. But with my iPod equipped with tons of MuggleCast episodes, I was able to get through it." My sister's baby boy was born at 9.04 p.m. after a four-hour intense labor. He was named Victor. I wanted to name him Jamie. Thanks so much for relaxing me in my time of fear, and good pickles to all. That's very nice. I'm sure Jamie very nice. would uh, appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, if Jamie were on, he would mention, uh, quite like he did with Sarah, he would say how much he loved the name Sam, and but you know, yeah. but then further. Uh, well, hey, you know what, Sam? Maybe we can convince Jamie to change his name to Victor. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I don't maybe, know about maybe, that. maybe. What uh? We're, we're gonna go with that next week. That's a good where, idea. Where I'm do they still use midwives? Is that a common practice? Uh, some I'm people, oh yeah, some people use yeah. midwives. Some yeah. people do. People uh, do. They do home birthing, home birthing, mm-hmm. and they don't actually go to the hospital. And that's that's another choice uh, thing to do. And you can read up about it. And there's plenty of subjects. Wow. I mean, plenty, okay. of, plenty of books. So people, t- oh. yeah, I, I, I thought it was obscure at first too. Um, but then I looked it up, and it's actually it's it's common practice. I mean, yep. pretty much. It's just mm-hmm. um. People want to birth from home, so guys, I I think that that Victor comment yeah. uh, that that wraps things up this week. This was a great show. I lots think. of this, stuff. This Fantastic. Lots of stuff. Yeah. But I think we got through it, and it's just the three of us, the fantabulous four threesome. Um, <laughs> the fearsome what threesome. <laughs> fearsome threesome. So that, that that's uh, that's us broadcasting to you this week. Uh, just closing contact information. Uh, we did voicemails on this show for you guys. If you're just waking up now that the music's playing again, uh, voicemails on the show. If you want to give us a call, you can uh, in the U.S. at one two one eight twenty magic. In the U.K. o two zero eight one double four o six double seven, and Australia o two eight double zero three five double six eight. And so that's uh, also check out our MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, Frapper, Last FM fan listing forums, um, and all that other information you can find uh, on MuggleNet. Uh, sorry, MuggleCast.com and PO Box again, Laura. That's going to be PO Box thirty one fifty one, coming Georgia three zero zero two eight. And of course, if Here's you want to uh, contact any of us, there's a feedback form on MuggleCast.com, or you can just email our first name at staff.mugglenet.com. That's brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So MuggleCast and staff, feedback forum, stuff like that. Everything else, guys, that is it for this show, episode 95. Once again, I am Eric Skull. 
I'm Laura Thompson. And I'm Micah Tannenbaum. Thank you, and have a great day, night. See you next week. See you. See you next week. 96. So that said, I am Eric Skull. I'm Laura Thompson. And I'm Micah Tannenbaum. Okay. And it goes into the and it goes into the thing. You know, not to bring politics into it, but I actually thought that uh you know they should bring uh, No Child Left Behind into the whole mix. You know, all the scores all the schools that scored the highest, you know, I thought they were gonna get to go see JKR, but Yeah, well But maybe not. You guys yeah, live here? I'm bumming off oh. my uh, neighbor's connection now, so I shouldn't drop out unless their router has as much problems as mine does. Unless they, hey, unless see, they couch see you. MuggleCast, MuggleCast, exactly. um, <laughs> stealing other people's internet. I should <laughs> probably, I should probably steal my neighbors too, because they have a really, really nice. One. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> not that I would know why they have a nice internet connection, but um, anyway, where did where did we leave off? What did uh, you guys hear last? Y- you you got your first lay via uh, some Hawaiian guy um, <laughs> via the 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 PO box. Ninety six. Wow. Ninety six. <laughs> That's like sixty nine inverted and backwards and upside down. <laughs> oh, Only it's not because and that was our like favorite 69. show, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure All Andrew right, can has we stop to recording. Off there. Yeah, okay, we're stopping. <laughs> no, okay. So that was that was great.